welcome your hosts for this evening. Lights, camera, what's the action? Welcome back to Lights, Camera, What's the Action, the podcast about betting on film and television awards. I'm Tony Coca-Cola. Over there is back is the Professor. Hello, Professor. Oh, season three. Great to be back. Welcome, gentlemen. Season three, indeed. And over there is Max Wren. Hello, Max. Uh, Yindi Santarab. Oh, of course. Which means? Which means welcome in Thai. In Thai. It's a little teaser for uh, something that's uh, coming up, I guess. For what's to come, absolutely. Well, yes. I hope you've all been spending your lovely Campion cash over the past few months, but we're back. Back for season three. Yes, the Emmys are coming up next month. And the Oscar race is about to sort of kick off proper with the September festivals. There's Venice, Toronto, Telluride, New York Film Festival. All right, let's kick things off with a quick odds and ends. Sportsbet has a Venice Film Festival market up for the Golden Lion. Uh, Venice is 31st of August to the 10th of September, so coming up pretty soon. So get on the reviews early because uh, there could be some value to be had there. Uh, and Sportsbet also still has a bunch of film-specific box office markets up, sort of depending on what's coming out this week, this month, whatever. They still have the highest worldwide grossing film 2022. Uh, I'm not going near it, but the outright fave is Top Gun Maverick. It's like 167. Now, Professor, did Max and I poo-poo <laughs> you earlier in the year about Maverick taking this? I have a vague memory that we did. No, this never happened. This this, this is a fiction. <laughs> this is a fiction. It was actually um, a bet that I made last year, thinking it was going to be released last year. Oh, and, right. And the, the Wuhan virus got in the way of that. And, um, and then it was relisted as a market for the 2022 Global box office king at $21. And guess who did not pull the trigger? Oh, Professor. <sighs> Professor. A little bit burnt by um, the, the Chinese box office dramas of last year, so I, I stayed away. I think we're all staying away from box office. But, Tony, going back to, to um, uh, Venice, Venice is, Venice is jam-packed. Oh, Venice absolutely is, it is. Talking about star, star, stars, um, it's, it's a cinephile's dream in a sense. They have an incredible lineup. Um, and just just looking at uh, just looking at the the players on the sports, but I mean it, that, that that's tough. That is tough. Yeah. It could yeah. be one of any eight nine um, potentials, and um, yeah, I can't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, hazard a guess um, at at this point. But yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe maybe after uh, four or five days after. You know, some of these films have have played, and if something really breaks out, if there's you know the next day that there's a, a Metacritic of ninety two or something from I don't know the Florenzella film or something that uh, it may it may be worth getting on at you know eight nine to one. Yeah, definitely. I think Venice will ninety five percent show us who's winning Best Actor this year. Because uh, I really think it's between it's a two horse race. It's Jackman or it's Fraser. Maybe Driver for White Noise as well, but I think it's Jackman versus Fraser. And we're getting no Austin Tony. Not for the win. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, mm. And both, yeah, the Sun and the Whale. They're going to get shown at Venice, so that'll be good. It might also tell us who's going to win actress because we've got Blonde with Anna de Armas and Tar with uh, mm. Lanchia. Yeah. They're both at Venice as well. So I think it could really provide a big, big clue about actor and actress this year. Yeah, so there's five, six huge films that are all, that are in contention of those three or four uh, picture, director, actor, actress uh, categories for Oscar. Yeah, big, big, big. Right, what have we been watching? Professor, why don't you lead off? What have you been watching? Well, why don't we go to, um, uh, it, what is it, Everywhere, Everything at Once? Is, is that what it's called? Everything, Everywhere, All <laughs> at Once. There we go. Um, yeah, to, to much fanfare and um, an indie box office uh, standout achievement for this year. Um, a small screen experience for me for this one. And I think in summary, the hype didn't sort of match the reality of the, of the experience. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, an absolute standout feature, uh, you know, really enjoyed her. And um, this is 
uh, not an insight. Uh, it's a totally nut, nuts, um, and to borrow Matthew Riley's term, a bonkers movie. Um, <laughs> and you got uh, the, the Matthew Riley dictionary handy there. Yes, Absolutely. and Tony, I know you've been active on on some of the uh, forums about Michelle Yao, and um, I uh, completely concur. I, I don't really understand the push for the narrative and the legacy of work. Um, you know, Crazy Rich Asians and Crouching Tiger is not a legacy of work. Um, she's been busy, um, but, you know, it's got to be a, a quality bank of uh, work there. So uh, it, it was a C experience for me. Well, I, I caught it on the big screen. I didn't know much about this film going into it, uh, but I, I did read a little bit of who the directors were. One question I want to ask the professor is, like, what, what was the expectation? You said it didn't match the expectation. What was the expectation that, that you had going into it, Professor? Oh, it's just just going to be um, two hours plus of awesomeness, and never never seen anything like it. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty wild. But I, I have seen some of this stuff before. <laughs> yeah, I had I have too, but not in a narrative film, not in a mm. not in you know going and seeing in a, in an event cinema theater. Mm. Uh, and that was the real surprising thing for me. And I I absolutely admire the experimental approach that they took. Um, and so happy that such kind of um, an artistically ambitious kind of wacky art film gets mm. to make a hundred million dollars at the box office. I think that's pretty remarkable. I really can't um, think of another example where a film has made that much money that's so formally radical. Maybe I don't know some one of the Christopher Nolan films, but that's yeah. in, that, that's in a very different mode, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah, this, this is a film that, that I admire. I felt as with a, 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 some experimental films, it went on for too long. For me, the, the experience would have been much stronger if it was like half an hour shorter, mm -hmm. I think, if they brought it down. They had so many ideas, they had so many techniques, and I admire that, but sometimes you've got to say, okay, well, let's hold some of these for, for another film, uh, which obviously they're going to get lots of other films, lots of op other opportunities uh, from now on. I haven't seen Swiss Army Man, which is the film that they did with Daniel Radcliffe before. I don't know if either of you saw that. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and uh, much like, spoiler alert, my review for this film, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit stupid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but points for trying uh, on both accounts, mm. like you, Max. A for effort. I think there's kind of beauty in the stupidity. And for a lot of people, uh, people that I've talked to as, as well as critics, there's a kind of, of deep philosophy there. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't find that, um, but, I, but I did really appreciate the wackiness. Um, and uh, it's a film that I'll go back to and watch again um, on the home screen uh, because, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I got everything on first viewing. I mean, it's, there's, there's a lot to take in on first viewing, mm -hmm. but, but uh, I was impressed by the film. Um, in terms of its, its possibilities for Academy Award, that'll be really interesting. I can't think of a, another film, at least in the last 25 years, that has this kind of formal experimentation that is up for potentially a slot for best picture. I mean, most critics are, and, and pundits are saying that this has a real slot for best picture. Uh, Mich Michelle Yeoh for um, best actress, uh, outside chance at a nomination. Uh, I don't, yeah, as with the professor, I don't think she's going to win. You know, she probably has got a 15 to 1 chance to, to mm -hmm. win. But outside chance for nomination, it depends. It all depends on the campaign that they're going to run there um but uh, that's yeah that that's that's a big question mark but because it did make a hundred million dollars at the box mm. office and the most money for that um uh, that uh, production company a24 um yeah i think it's it, i think it'll be nominated for best picture for sure which wow. is yeah i think it'll i think it'll get in if, if, we, if we're talking about 10 nominations it will get Mm. One of those ten slots, and it's been re-released in cinemas. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great to see it on the big screen. It is a big screen experience, and a wacky big screen experience. Yeah, I didn't watch it on the big screen either, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but 
yeah, you know, you don't get along with your daughter and it's the literal end of the world. You know, it's like that's puddle deep. Uh, I'm not sure where all this philosophy sort of stuff is coming from. Um, mm. uh, I did appreciate the the Wonka Wai sequences. That was very well done. Uh, but it's, you know, it's very Matrix. It's very Eternal Sunshine. It's very Back to the Future. It's very Looper. Uh, I think it would make a great video game adaptation where you sort of have to play the different yeah personalities in their different universes and they all sort of switch universes you know yeah i think it'll be a great video game um there's a project yeah there's a project absolutely i i think it's probably too weird even though it's yeah it's made 100 million dollars and counting i think it's probably too weird and a bit too sort of daft to get a serious look for a picture nom um it it might yeah because you're right it's 10 slots you can probably throw one crazy one in there you know, Coda got a bloody nominee. <laughs> Coda won for God's sake. Certainly no win for Best Picture. That would that would be utterly remarkable. That would be utterly remarkable. No way. Uh, and similarly for Yo, yeah, possibly a nom, certainly not a win. The actress category, again, is very, very crowded. Um, there's some talk. It could also get nominations for Supporting Actor and Supporting Actress. Maybe Supporting Actor is looking a bit thin already. So uh, Kehu Kwan, he could get in. Uh, supporting actress is a bit more crowded. Didn't like the supporting actress performance at all. Of the daughter, yeah. yeah had a lot of problems with that. Yeah, no, I would agree. But mm. oh God, people are losing their mind for this film. I don't think they're genuine threats for a win either way. Uh, editing, I think it's definitely a lock to be, to be nominated for editing. Um, even though I agree with you, Max, it's uh, it's half an hour too long. Uh, but the editing sound combination, I don't see it getting nominated for sound. Uh, if the odds are good, I'll I think I will jump on it for editing. Yeah, I agree. That might be the place to reward it. Maybe an original screenplay nom as well. Yeah, but overall, I'm not as smitten uh, by it as uh, a lot of other pundits are, and I think editing is probably its best chance for an Oscar. Mm. All right, Professor, what else? Well, let's um, let's go to the, the Bazarama experience, oh. the extravaganza. Oh. And um, uh, I think this is Baz film, best film since Milan Rouge. I, I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I did a double bill on the night that I watched it, fortunately on the big screen. So Top Gun followed by Elvis. It was quite, quite the experience. <laughs> Sensory overload. Yeah, the expectations were, were, were quite low on this one. Um, what I didn't like was um, Tom Hanks, uh, sort of a, a, a well-known actor, of course, in a fat suit, and that was, I think, just a bit of a distraction. And I'm sure there could have been plenty of other high-caliber actors to choose from. So that sort of took away from the film, and it's such an important aspect to driving the narrative and the complexity of that character. Don't know too much about Elvis, so that was insightful in just learning about him and um, you know, the day after jumped onto YouTube and learnt more about Elvis and, and tuned in to some of the songs. And um, Austin Butler, I think, is a revelation. I don't think he um, deserves to be the price that he is as best actor for the Oscar, um, but it is pretty astounding what Baz has done there. And unlike some of his other films um, where it's, you know, completely mad, um, I felt like the style doesn't get in, 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 in the way of the performance. It sort of complements so it's a B for me from Baz. Mm, B for Baz, Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw it on the big screen too. Unfortunately, I did not have a, a positive technical experience. There was an error in the um, in the uh, the audio track um, presentation. Mm. So for nearly all of the musical sequences, all we had instead of the the uh, the, the direct vocal track. Um, was a reverb track, so oh, wow. so for the whole film it sounded very ghostly. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's how as intended it to be heard. Well, that was I tried. I, I so I've probably missed about fifteen or so minutes of the film because I went out into the um, uh, to the manager and talked to the manager and tried to explain to them. They had no uh, technical experience and the tech wasn't on that night as well. So I brought them into the cinema and they said, oh, no, I think that's the, the way the film should be. And I said, you mean that's that's the mix? And she said, yeah, that's the mix. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my wife is a professional um, TV editor 
uh, within two minutes identified that the that there was a problem with the audio track and just said no this is not good uh, and it really affected my uh, experience in in falling into the the you know the fiction of the narrative and getting uh, taken away by the by the drama of of you know Elvis's life, so that's that's a shame. I will watch it again at home under uh, better circumstances. But just just to, to clarify, you didn't you didn't have kind of like a ghostly super reverb uh, audio track when you know. No. no, it was a hyperdrive experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, so for me, the most interesting thing about this film, and um, maybe it's coloured by this idea of the, you know the, the issue with the with the audio was that I was taken away from Elvis and my focus was more on the Colonel Parker character. Mm. Uh, and I thought this, is, this, this was a big um, storytelling decision to have the antagonist um, narrate yeah. the, the story events of the film. You know, that's the framing device. He's on his deathbed. Colonel, uh, Colonel Parker's on his deathbed and then he goes back and, and tells us the story of, of Elvis. So... I absolutely love the Colonel Parker character and he, you know, is in that long line of, of con men, hucksters, um, you know, looking for suckers uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, I'm, I'm a fan of exploitation films from the 30s, 40s and 50s and there's a whole uh, number of these guys, these producers, they were called the 40 Thieves, uh, and their whole idea was to sell sin to suckers. Um, and they actually had um, a, an area in the US, the, the, the south in the US, the rural south, called the Sucker Belt. And then they would take their films and show them in these places. And uh, Colonel Tom is just like one of these guys. And Tony, I know you, you know the guy, um, uh, Dave F. Friedman. And I'm, I, I, I just saw so much of Dave F. Friedman in yeah. in t Colonel t Tom and, and William Castle and yeah. William Castle, all those yeah. guys, the showman, that, yeah. yeah, the showman and the snowmen and this yeah, thing the about the snowman <laughs> league of America. After watching the film, I said, "Is this real?" And I found that it is. There were, uh, he created this thing called the Snowmen's League of America um, for for con men, uh, and <laughs> he's just interested in the con all the way through, um, and so. For me, the most powerful scene is where the colonel is, um, you know, uh, uh, negotiating the contract with the gangster who owns mm -hmm. the International Hotel and, uh, you know, Elvis's residency at this hotel that lasts for like five years or something. And at one, at the, kind of the very end, the gangster offers colonel parker unlimited credit at the casino and you could just see his eyes light up and it's like at the at that moment i think suspicious minds elvis is performing suspicious <laughs> minds uh on the stage everything comes together in that moment i think it's a really really great well edited moment so for me this biopic i was going for i thought it was going to be a biopic um for me it was far more about kind of the intersection of popular art and commerce. So things like greed, exploitation, fame, capitalism, excess, all of these things, a number of these things that are uh, kind of essayed in Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley in some ways. Um, uh, so I've, I saw it more about that than Elvis himself. Uh, and and that, made it, that made it a more enjoyable experience for me. Um, knowing that I really couldn't enjoy the musical sequences because of the because the, the the poor audio track in that thing. But yeah, the, that performance, it's hard to get past the um, uh, the the kind of outrageous pantomime performance of, of Tom Hanks with the nose and the, the cane. I loved his cane. That was fantastic with the clown on it. Um, but it's like, no, this is what it's all about. I don't think it's, I, I think it's less about Elvis and I think it's more about, you know, American exploitation and commerce. Um, so that made it interesting for me. I, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. The first half is definitely much more baz than the second half. I think the second half is actually pretty flat. Um, how much footage 
must oh have been God. shot. My yeah. God, there is just so much footage thrown at the screen. I said to my wife, yeah, three times, and like, how much, how much did they shoot for this film? How much did they shoot for this film? <laughs> oh, now, Max, you and I have a few side bets going about this film. And yes. we, set, we set these a few months ago after its Khan premiere. Uh, and I think I'm going to be in trouble on one of them. Uh, now, one bet is that Elvis will get four or more Oscar nominations. You've gone the over. Yeah. I've taken the under. I think you might have this one. Uh, I think I agree with the professor. I think Austin Butler is going to get the Best Actor nomination. Um, yeah, he's like paying sub three everywhere, and it's seven mm-hmm. months before the Oscars. I think that price is an absolute joke. Uh, I very much doubt he'll win, uh, but he's definitely – impactful enough to get a nomination he's well liked by other actors to other major actors who have also won the oscar right yeah Yeah, seeing that and that they're going to push hard Mm. and that that's going to mean something on the campaign trail absolutely hanks uh, he might squeeze in for a supporting actor nomination just because it's a really weak year uh and just because it's hanks and like you said max it's such a big role it's going to be hard to sort of ignore yeah, something like that. I think, especially when Hanks is doing it, he's like a, he's like a silent villain, silent film villain, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, no, Panto is right. I think you're right with that description. Um, I could see it getting nominations in editing, uh, production design, maybe costume, maybe yeah, costume, sound. costume for sure. Costume yeah, for sure. so four or more nominations. I reckon you're going to go close on that mm. one. I think that's going to be pretty close. But we also had a bet that. Baz would get nominated for director mm. and Elvis would be nominated for picture. You mm-hmm. said yes to both. Mm-hmm. I said no to both. I am 100% confident it will not get nominated for director. Yeah. I am 100% confident it will not get nominated for picture. Oh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think, I yeah, think. I'm not too sure about that. I think Baz, Baz has gone for director, but for picture, I, I, I could double chance. down. I could double down mm. with picture. Really? Well, I've, yeah. I've got a side bet with you as well, Max, on on that nomination, and I'm in trouble. I, I think it's in the. I think it's in the in the slot. It's got a chance, particularly on the back of those technical nominations. Exactly. And if Austin gets in, and Austin, oh yeah. wow, yeah. okay. I think I might. Mm. Uh, yeah, I might take that, Max. I, I think there's just there's far too much coming out at the end of the year that is so big that's got mm. such big names attached to it, this is just going to get swamped and it's going to get forgotten. One issue is that I don't think it made a big enough impact at the box office. It didn't hit the, the zeitgeist. However, um, I still think, yeah, best picture. I think best picture. I think it's it's uh, got a pretty good chance, best picture. All right, Professor, what else? Uh, let's talk about the Northman. And uh, I made the uh, tactical error and didn't follow Max's advice, which is to watch this one on the big screen. I didn't do that. I watched on the small screen and... Uh, uh, wasn't quite the experience that it w- would have been, of course, on the large cinema. Um, big kudos to Alexander Skarsgård. I think this is just an all-in uh, performance. It's, it's it's quite remarkable, particularly on the uh, the invasion scene there. And it's, it's an actor who's quietly building up an impressive body of work. Um, you know, think about the character he plays on Succession, which is hilarious. Um, the Little Drummer Girl, um, a less-known TV show that was was quite good. Um, I I have a, a a lot of fun with it. Um, I felt like the film was let down by Nicole Kidman and just the age difference um, as as his mum. Uh, so it was a B for me. Well, I, I saw it at the cinema, um, an extraordinary experience, and now I've also watched it 4K on the 4K Blu-ray at home. Uh, it's it's utterly mesmerising for me. I, I this is my favourite film of the year. Whoa! Um, so far, completely remarkable film. Um, just as we were saying with every everywhere everything everywhere, uh, that um, they're these really unusual films, these these films that are incredibly ambitious. Northman is incredibly ambitious, uh, and uh, Robert Eggers is, w- without question, I think one of the you know ten top uh, American directors at the moment. Like um, new director, every film that he's made so far, um, uh, each feature film this three is just he's, he's just on fire and i i fell for this hook line and sinker uh i think the sound design the sound design is extraordinarily um uh evocative uh really really terrific i was on the edge of my seat for so many of these scenes and it is a real go for broke but this the sense we talk about world building um 
I I can't I can't think of an, another film that's that's set in this kind of mythic period uh, that has this level of world building. Even even something like Game of Thrones. Um, unfortunately, it didn't fire at the box office, and and this was an ex- expensive film, right? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. What was it like fifty million dollars or something? Uh, I think it was close to a hundred. I think it? that that was the big uh, yeah the news about it. Yeah, just because this is better bloody succeed because you're giving mm. a very arty director a whole heap of cash. And 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 we'll never see another film like this again. <laughs> and that's that's super sad. But at least we have this film, and and it absolutely stands up on multiple viewings. Uh, well, I've only seen it one one other time, uh, but uh, yeah, in it you know in in really good circumstances. Um, no, I was I was completely uh, taken away from the first image through to the very last moment of this film, um, and uh, yeah, for me, it's this it's the uh, uh, sound design of the year for sure. Mm. Uh, I I can barely remember it, uh, which probably isn't a good sign. Um, I, I do remember walking out. I saw it at the cinema, uh, walking out and thinking, oh, it's just a carbon copy of Gladiator. You know, the family killed into slavery, revenge against the king, and then you go to heaven, you know, done deal. It's the exact same film. Um, Yeah, technically very impressive. Uh, I think it probably will get some craft nominations. I think, I don't remember the sound uh, as much as you, Max. Wow, Uh, you can't remember No, no, I don't. Um, But cinematography, maybe. uh, Costume, maybe. Production design, I think almost yes. Uh, Definitely a yes. I don't think there's any wins to come out of it anywhere. Uh, yeah, it just it came out far too early and there's too many other strong candidates, I think, in the wings. But I did like Kidman, uh, Professor. <laughs> I, thought, mm-hmm. I thought she was fun. But overall, much like everything everywhere, I just I thought it was a bit silly. I thought it was a bit stupid. And yeah, yeah it didn't work for me. The hero's journey, Tony, the hero's journey. Well, I've seen it a jillion times. And, yes, yeah, we have. Yeah. We've seen it a jillion times, but we haven't seen Robert Eggers do it in, in that in that way before uh and it's yeah i'm sure we can talk about like uh, particular plot conventions that that that, uh, we've experienced ad infinitum but but just just the level of artistry and craft uh, it's extraordinary for me all right professor bring us home let's go to the caves of thailand with um with uh, the the maestro mr uncle ron ron howard um, the outright favourite for best picture across some bookies, and uh, one of us has caught a big whale there. Uh, so I'm still stinging uh, a little bit from the rescue snub uh, nomination, and uh, what a high standard and benchmark that sort of documentary experience provides, and sometimes takes away from this experience because you know exactly what's what's about to unfold. Um, so for me, a bit of a mixed bag. So. Uh, on the downside is some of the pretty bad dialogue. Uh, so uh, in, in the opening exchanges when the British uh, cave divers arrive, they're having a bit of banter and a joke around custard cream biscuits. Like, oh, no. And then... Character work. That, that's yeah. like deep character work, uh, Professor. And then the heavens open up and it starts raining and we uh, we establish visually and we're reminded many times over that the caves are flooding. And then one of the fathers walks over to the... Thai Navy SEAL personnel and says, the cave is flooding. I don't know whether my son's alive or dead. Thought, oh, no, <laughs> you didn't need to do that scene. <laughs> uh, so um, there are, however, moments that I think are really well done by, by Ron. So um, he shows restraint where uh, there are some big moments that he could have played big, um, but instead he pulls back. Um, and the, the power and the remarkable nature of the rescue um, is still compelling to watch. So uh, it's recommended. What did you think, Max? Well, this really surprised me. Uh, 149 minutes, I think it is altogether. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not what I expected from Ron Howard. It is not mm. what I expected. First, firstly, is, is the focus on the, the Thai, Thai characters and the Thai language, the use of Thai language. I was mm. not mm. expecting that. I would have thought, oh, he's going to go the route and they're going to speak, you know, in mm. uh, English dialogue. And they don't. I think this is going to um, make it tough for a lot of people. And I noticed, uh, because I think we all watched it within the first two days of it um, coming on Amazon uh, Prime, uh, that it was number one in Australia. I would probably b- think that uh, a number of people who start the film don't continue watching the film and it, it's 
it's unfortunate, but as we know, that uh, uh, non-English language um, uh, uh, films uh, are a turn-off to a lot of people. You know, they'll they'll have dubbed rather than this. So the Thai language was surprising, and the other thing that Professor just identified was the under dramatization of so many events. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking with Ron, I thought Ron would go for those big moments and you know big declarative speeches. We did not have that once at all. In fact, he goes the other way. And, you know, that custard cream moment, that's that's about as much as we, we, we get out of out of the British cave divers. Um, the performance by Viggo Mortensen, you know, you could call him stoic, but you could also call it super, super understated as well. Yeah. There's hardly anything there. And it's just like, well, I don't want to die. It's like, oh, I'm not going to go in if I'm not going to die. And that's about I it. I know my kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was super surprising. And it's like, yeah. wow, that, that's a big call to do something like that. Um, the film was was just the focus at the task at hand to to save the kids. Uh, now, this is a film like Elvis that was shot in my, my backyard here on the Gold Coast. So I know some people who worked on the, on the film. Um, and so they've given me a little insight into the film. And I know some of the locations that they used to um, to shoot the film too. And how Wet and wild. And they... <laughs> They didn't go the wet and wild route. They went up into the hinterland. Um, but how they transformed it was was uh, 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 pretty great, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, um, as with uh, um, Professor and, and you too, Tony, that we, we both um, really, really loved The Rescue, the documentary. Uh, and, and, and that film, you know, it's hard to, to think about this film uh, without thinking about The Rescue. And The, and the Rescue... Um, for my money, in pretty much all ways, is is a far superior work of cinema, uh, and also a um, an insight into into what happened um, in in the events, and strangely more dramatically intensive, yes, um, and yes. emotion mm-hmm. emotionally engaging, right? Um, perhaps you could say that there are a lot of mis dramatic opportunities in this film. I was surprised by the music score; that was hardly you know, mm. employed in, in any kind of dramatic way, any kind of, you know, Ron Howard Hollywood-esque way, but that, that's the approach they took. And one other thing is that that I looked up the, the crew of this film and the cinematographer... Yeah, is Ty. ...is Ty, but he's, he is the cinematographer of one of the most hardcore art filmmakers in the world, this Thai guy called Apachat Pongwurasethakul, He's probably best known for Uncle Boonmay, who can recall his past lives, that a, a film that mm. won the Palm d'Or and has this amazing scene of a princess having sex with a fish. Uh, if you can imagine that, it's it, you know it's really lyrical. And one thing that 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 Ron Howard incorporates from Werisethicule's films is is the kind of Thai spirituality. And we keep going back to this sleeping princess that is at the at the mm. um, the, the uh, entrance to the cave. Uh, and I thought that was that was that was pretty um, uh, beautifully rendered in in that way. But this, yeah, this was a film that uh, that that surprised me, um, and I'm I'm still not too sure where I where I sit with this film. But I, in in terms of Ron Howard's films, I think this is this is one of Ron Howard's best films. <laughs> Strangely, yeah, yeah, it's one that I did not not like, which I really do not like any of his films. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm with you, Max, on on a lot of uh, what you've said. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. It was interesting that they focus on yeah the Thai people uh, quite a lot throughout the film. Do you think maybe that was uh, a caveat of like the Thai government to make it yeah, potentially? Yeah, to, yeah. You know, we've got to show that we were involved. You know, doing other stuff as well, and it's not just two divers who did everything. I think you touch on an interesting theme there, Tony, and one that wasn't from my memory of the documentary explored, which is the, the white saviour complex. And the, there was you know, tension when, these, when the, the Americans and the British divers arrived and think, you know, who are these guys? So maybe, maybe you're onto something there. I liked how the, how the American military just has that one scene where they said, we'll give you everything that, we, that you need, you know, we'll give you calms and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, oh, thanks very much. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's right. And, but that was the thing I thought, oh, no, that's, that was, I thought that was the film he was going to deliver. And, and he didn't. And there was so much focus on the family and the kids. I thought the, the, the child actors were, were really, really good. And, yeah, that was, it was pretty moving to me too when that little kid, one of the kids lifts up his shirt and says, we're hungry, we're hungry. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that was pretty. And the other thing that 
that I didn't get from the documentary. And I always thought about it. It's like, how did these how did these kids stay sane for mm. like seven days before, nine days mm. before the, the, in the, in the, the dark, yeah. the, in the dark, and that thing of turning the torches off to to you know just the discipline, and so the the coach the coach was was a monk, he was he was an ex monk, and in the film he, he teaches them to to meditate, and it's just mm. like oh that I, I thought that that was a great storytelling beat and kind of explained something that I'd always wondered even from seeing the documentary. Um, so that, yeah. that, that was positive for me. Yeah. If you haven't seen the rescue documentary, I imagine this would be fine. Um, but yeah, having seen the rescue and knowing how great it is and it's even under two hours, the rescue and mm. yeah, comparatively, I think, I think this was, was pretty ordinary. I agree professor that, yeah, the dialogue is really strange. Yeah. The performances, there's, they actually don't say a lot like Colin Farrell, no, Vigo. No, there's there's actually not a lot of dialogue spoken throughout the film. Um, I like that. There's strangely no tension uh, for me. Uh, I think it completely lacked like the sort of crushing claustrophobia that mm. you got from the, the doco. Um, I didn't, or maybe just because I knew the story uh, beforehand, I'd seen the rescue beforehand. I just, I thought it was really no tension whatsoever. But but do you think that, that was that was his intention to to avoid that kind of dramatization? High drama, high, yeah. high melodrama. Well, perhaps yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I just wasn't getting the same uh, effect from the film that I, I should be having. It's like Jesus, you know, they're going through these tight spaces. They've got to keep the mask on the kid, mm. you know, and they've got to check that. And I got that in the doco. I didn't mm-hmm. get it here at all. But it's an interesting example of, of where a filmmaker, I think, you know, it's it's conscious not not to go that route and just to present things in a very matter-of-fact fashion. And, you know, you're talking about the, the, the cream donuts and the conversations that happen between Viggo Mortensen and, and Colin Farrell. Um, and their characters, they, they are just like absolutely bland, ordinary, everyday guys you know mm. i love the scene where vigo mortensen goes back to his uh, home and makes his cup of coffee and in in you know and it's just like nothing at the beginning i i, I thought i'd missed a scene or something where they both they, they both take on the job and it's like oh why have you taken this job like in a in a hollywood film there would be over explication of the psychological reasons mm. of blah 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 all this kind of stuff and it's just like on the phones like are oh, you going to do it yeah i'll do it all right well i'll see you there and that was it that's right. Well, it gets started very quickly, doesn't it? So, so guys, where does it sit now um, as a, as a favourite, and can it make make the ten? It's been quite remarkable that in July, um, it was featuring in none of the top ten nomination lists, um, and yet it was bookie favourite. Does it just fade from existence now? Yeah, absolutely. I think well, Amazon. Yeah, I think Amazon. You know, proved to just you know dump it on last this weekend. But mm. I mean, our the reasons why we went hard at 13 Lives was the subject matter and Ron Howard and thinking that it would be this, you know, big, you know, Hollywood type um, uh, film. And it was none of that. And I think, I, I, I just think it'll, yeah, it'll completely disappear, completely mm-hmm. disappear. I don't think anything, I don't think it'll get nominated for anything. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Max. I don't think it's going to get nominated for anything. Yeah, we did go hard uh, as soon as possible. Uh, I got it at 61, uh, which was, I went and checked the bet slip on March 31st, which was two days after the last ceremony. <laughs> so, you know, I was on very, itching, very itching early. Ready, Tony. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not getting that money back. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, it's going to have a showing. Yeah, I agree. Anywhere, any category. Mm. Right, so let's jump into the Emmys. The 12th of September, 13th, uh, September Australian time. Very, very disappointing coverage for the Emmys this year. Clearly, it's a case of once bitten, twice shy for the bookies. Where's Ned's? Where's Ned's? Where's Sportsbet? Sportsbet only has three categories. They've got drama, series, comedy series, limited series. Uh, Unibet has drama, comedy, limited series, plus... Uh, best Actor, Best Actress in Drama, and Best Actor, Best Actress in Comedy Series. No limited series acting categories. That's very strange. But anyway, hopefully more markets will pop up the closer we get to the Emmys because at the moment it's very barren and it's it's not good enough. Drama Series, Succession, 
is the very short favourite after opening. I think it was sort of equal fave with Squid Game when it first opened. Yes. Yeah, three dollars. Yeah, oh, juicy. Very juicy. Now yeah. the best is a dollar seventy-five at Unibet. Squid Game four. Better Call Saul is paying eight at Sportsbet. Eleven at Unibet. Someone's made a bet there. Uh, Ozark similarly nine at Unibet. Thirteen at Sportsbet. Uh, then you got Severance, Stranger Things. Stranger Things is shorter than Euphoria. That doesn't seem to make sense for me. You can get Stranger Things at 17, Euphoria at 34. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think Euphoria is much uh, should be much shorter than Stranger Things. Uh, but this is Successions, absolutely, yes. Can Squid Game take this out? Is it, do, do they have a chance? I mean, I, I can't... Uh, what, what's what's the buzz on Squid Game? I just feel like it's a, it's a, a sort of a short-term meme trend um and i don't think it's going to overpower the quality of succession yeah i would agree with you uh, professor comedy series ted lasso is favorite even though we haven't seen it for oh, nearly 12 months it's been a long time yeah 250 is the best at Unibet. hacks uh five at sports bet you can get barry 475 at Unibet. and then the others abbott elementary only murders yeah it's going to be one of those three. It's going to be Ted Lasso. It's going to be Hacks. It's going to be Barry. You probably wrap those three up in a tasty bow. You could. It's something. The 250. Yeah, 250 could if you put enough on it. Limited series. This seems to be a two-horse race. The White Lotus versus Dope Sick. Everything else is sort of out of it. White Lotus, the best is 175 at Unibet. Dope Sick, 250 at Sportsbet. I'd get some money on the dropout, 11. Absolutely. Yeah, the best yep. you can actually get it at 21 at well, Unibet. Oh, get me on yeah. that. Okay, Absolutely. all right, we'll yeah. save that for a best bet a bit later, then, Max. Yeah. Um, you Damn. think that's a shot? Yeah, oh, yeah, as, a, as, as an outsider with, with anything over 10, I think is is uh, is good. Yeah, look for me, White Lotus absolutely overrated, really, really over. I know that a lot, a lot of people really love it, uh, but it, it didn't do anything for me. I was just waiting for you know, the the revelations to come and it never came and that was the end of the episode. For me, it was clear that Station Eleven is the, the best limited series and I don't think it'll even get nominated. I think it got a look in across some other acting categories as it should have as fantastic show. Agree. Lead actress in a comedy series. This is uh, Unibet only. Gene Smart for Hacks is the very short favourite, 125. Uh, everyone else is dreaming. I think this is Gene Smart's absolutely in the bag. Lead actress in a drama series, again, Unibet only. Zendaya, the luminous Zendaya, 140, very short. Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, a four. I've jumped on her. Um, I, don't, I think four is not a bad price. Laura Linney for Ozark. It's Ozark's last season, perhaps, perhaps, 450. Uh, and the others, Zendaya, I don't know, she's winning everything, isn't she? Yeah, 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 it's hers to lose. Max, you're plugged into the, the youngsters, I guys. So what's... what's- Zendaya and Euphoria, where's it, where's it play these days? Uh, it's it's the one reference that uh, uh, people of of uh, younger generations than us um, uh, just it's it's the go to, it's the absolute mm-hmm. go to, and uh, yeah, she is as as you know Tony just said, epitome of the of uh, the zeitgeist woman, absolutely, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, she's she's well liked in the industry, I think. Um, and uh, 140 sounds about right to me. Lead actor in a comedy series, Unibet only. Again, Ada is equal fave with Sudeikis. They're both 185, and then everyone else is uh, nine and over. Ada or Sudeikis? Who do you think? Who do you think, gents? Ada. I'm not such a huge fan of Ted Lasso, but I really, really love uh, Barry. So mm. it's, I mean, it's hard for me you know, not to go past Bill Hader, not only for. Uh, for performing, but writing, directing, and and kind of running mm. the show as well. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, I don't know to what extent Jason Sudeikis is involved, but you know, Barry is is doing many, <laughs> lots of things at the same. It's like like an incredible juggling act, you know. And then Bill Hader is doing all this stuff, and it just seems seemingly it's effortless, you know. I'm I'm just amazed to see him just go from strength to strength. What will his career like in twenty years' time? We'll be looking back. What, what, what's the career of Bill Hader, do you think? That's a big question, I guess, outside of this. Someone needs to give him the Northman-sized budget and just go, go get to work, just do whatever you want, yeah. I agree with you. I think he's going to uh, be a, a very decent filmmaker. 
Yeah, over the next 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. Very decent or like a Paul Thomas Anderson? Will he morph into a Paul Thomas Anderson? As I started to speak, I, I, I checked myself. I thought, well, what's the word I want to use? That's why I said very decent. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be remarkable. I think he's yeah. going to be very decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Lead actor in a drama series, uh, Unibet again, Brian Cox, $1.95. And then the guy from Squid Game, uh, Lee Jung-jae, $1.95. Tough category. Mm. Is Jeremy Strong a chance at five he's paying? Absolutely. I think Jeremy Strong put in a bet. I thought about this. I said, oh, who, which is the better performance in, in uh, succession, Jeremy Strong or Brian Cox? And I think I think Jeremy Strong this season. Professor, what do you think? I agree. I think the strong performance is, is um, more favourable. It's got a really good shot. $5. Yeah, $5. Agreed. Yeah. Oscars. 12th of March, 2023, uh, 13th Australian time. That's seven months away. Best picture markets are already up at Sportsbet, Pointsbet, TabTouch, Unibet, Tab New South Wales only, and Top Sport. Uh, but only Sportsbet, Pointsbet, and Tab are carrying actor and actress also. Come on, lift your game, everybody. We want to, really want a director market up. Yeah. Uh, but the Tab carrying picture actor and actress that means multis are now available <laughs> should you oh, no. Oh, no. uh no i'm gonna wait till venice uh i want to see what venice is doing mm. first, and then uh then i might attack some multis yeah, three so. weeks in three weeks time you'll be there yeah bang 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 best picture all right we're still actually cloudy on whether a few titles will be released in this year or next uh rustin has been confirmed for 2023. Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese's new film, still don't know. There's conjecture one way or the other. Uh, David Finch's The Killer with Michael Fassbender, that still don't know. Um, But the good news is that some of the bookies are really dragging their feet here on the best picture markets. So there's some value to be had if you like something this far out. Tony, just in terms of Killers of the Flower Moon, the, the Scorsese film, it a rough cut has already been screened to executives. Ooh. Oh, that's a good sign. So I think Thelma and Marty will have it done by December. That, that That's my, if we have a side bet. That's your intel? That's my intel. Is this Jordan uh, influence <laughs> intel or is this your intel? I think it's I think it's a combination, um, but uh, yeah, uh, Jordan's looking looking closely at it. But my estimate is like if, if a, a rough cut's already been screened, and we've, we're five months out. I think I think it will hit the December window with no festival release, just straight to cinema or whatever. Yes, an Apple release as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Wow, interesting. Wow, good signs. Do you think Do you think it'll be released this year, or will I, will will Apple hold it for Khan or something next year? I think Scorsese will want a festival premiere. Irishman had New York at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there will have to be a festival premiere somewhere, so I think it's going to be next year. Berlin. Oh, well, yeah, maybe um, February. Yeah, I'd give sixty-five percent that it's that it's going to be December. The favorite, The Fablemans, Spielberg's Roma, I guess. Uh, it's paying five dollars, sort of, and it's favorite across most bookies. You can get it still at eleven. At Tab Touch and Unibet. Woo-wee. Babylon paying seven. You can get it at 15 again at Tab Touch Unibet. Killers of the Flower Moon has actually been taken down at a few bookies. Oh, um, they, wow. Yeah, like Sportsbet doesn't have it anymore. So they're confident it's going to be 2023. Uh, but you can still get it at nine at Tab. Everything everywhere. My God. Points Bet has an outright fave for picture at five. <sighs> Not happening. That is crazy. You can get it at 13 for Tab Touch Unibet. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of titles. And again, we'll probably see over the next month, two months, where all these are going to land. She Said, the Harvey Weinstein one, Bardo uh, in Uritu's new film. 13 Lives is uh, paying about 10 to 13. Avatar, there's another Avatar coming out. That's uh, whew, There's a big gap there. You can get it. Uh, it's paying 11 at Tab Touch Unibet. It's paying 41 at Sportsbet. Wow. Uh, Women Talking, Sarah Polly's new film. That could go either way. Amsterdam, David O. 
David O. Russell's film. Um, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Amsterdam is gone, gone, yeah, gone. Yeah, it's gone, gone, gone. Yeah, the, the David O. Russell uh, relationship, yeah, I don't think that's 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 going well. But the, what about the whale? I think, you know, if it turns out that just that something, they just there's a feeling that I have. I've got a feeling about it. Got a feeling, yeah. yeah. Got a feeling that it's a demon. Uh, that's paying 51. You can get mm. at that. Pull the trigger on those feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 51. But Empire of Light, Sam Mendy's new film. This is why I think Elvis is not going to get a look in. Uh, look, look at what we've just said. Fablemans, Babylon. Uh, she Said, maybe. Bardo, definitely. Women Talking, I think, yes. Empire of Light, the Mendy's film. The Sun, Florian Zeller's follow-up to The Father. The Sun will definitely get nominated, yeah. White Noise, the new Noah Baumbach. That's going to be big. Uh, Blonde. Blonde's paying 51. I think I think some of these will be too arty, and and I think yeah, you'll you'll want an Elvis, you'll want a, a, a Top Gun, maybe. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Maver- Maverick's a remarkable uh, Hollywood film. I think we haven't when we haven't um, reviewed it yet, but it's uh, yeah, I, I got to see it and, and I was very very impressed. And I, I I think I think it's I think Elvis has got more of a chance than Maverick to be nominated, uh, but they could be nine and ten. Elvis is uh, best you can get is thirty one at points bet and Maverick thirty four at Tab Touch Uni bet uh, Northman fifty one as well. So yeah, if you like something this far out, there's some pretty tasty odds around. You can probably get something in the teens or the twenties. Mm-hmm. Best actor Austin Butler Elvis himself, like we said, the best is two eighty eight at sports bet. He's outright fave everywhere. Brendan Fraser for the whale. Yeah. This could be another case of another uh, well-known, beloved actor in a fat suit, though, Max. Maybe it's going to have the same reception as Hanks. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's going to be an interesting and, and probably complex um, film from Aronofsky. Uh, and, yeah, Brendan Fraser, you know, it's a return from, from being, you know, out, out out of the um, the Hollywood system, and uh, you know his his story is pretty uh, um, pretty um, sad. I think of of being out, and you know he was sexually abused by the the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, um, who is now obviously gone from from that position. Uh, and um, yeah, he had uh, he had you know many psychological issues that he had to to deal with, and. Um, I don't know. As I said, I've got a, I've got a feeling about the whale, and particularly Brendan Fraser, and I definitely put him in first slot for best actor. Throw in the multi max, multi. Here we go with the favorite. Fraser whale. Mm. Uh, Fraser, yeah, he's paying three at points, but you can best is four fifty at tab. Mm. That's not too bad. Hugh Jackman three fifty at tab, but six at points bet. I think he's probably the number two slot. Uh, yeah, her actor at the moment, Jesse Plemons. I mean, yeah, who knows if it's going to be released, uh, Flower Moon, but uh, he's paying seven fifty at tab. He's paying twenty one at sports bet, and we don't know if that's a lead performance either, do we? Exactly. Yeah. So mm. who knows? That's uh, you're really taking a gamble there, so to speak. Coleman Domingo for Rustin. There's still odds available on him, but he is confirmed to be out. So worry about him next year. I think he'll do very well next year. Mm. Uh, Adam Driver for White Noise, 11 at Sportsbet. Christian Bale, 11 at Sportsbet for Amsterdam, the David O. Russell. Um, yeah, I, I still think it's Fraser Jackman at this stage. And uh, mm, I think I'm with you, Max. I think I'm with you. I like Fraser a lot. Would you put Austin Butler in third position after those two? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got yep. those. Yeah, that's got one, two, three. Yeah. I think Jackman um, is well liked. Uh, by many, and he's got a, a body of work narrative that will also work for his favour, and probably in good hands there with the director of the father. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see mm. if he's got the chops for it. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Best actress, Michelle Yeoh, is favourite. Crazy town. Four fifty. Crazy town. It is crazy town. She's paying four fifty at points bet and tab. You can get her at six at sports bet. Now, Marco Robbie, she's sort of second favourite pretty much everywhere. Uh, the best price is five at Sportsbet. She's got two chances. She's in Amsterdam and she's in Babylon. So no, she's not in Amsterdam. Don't worry about it. Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's in Amsterdam. No, 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 okay. But it's, it's, it's a bit tough when you've got, 
like big sprawling um you know multi-character this is what we're guessing that that babylon's going to be a big sprawling multi-character film versus a biopic yeah. for instance yeah. yeah and speaking of biopic anna de armas 650 is the best price at tab for Marilyn Monroe. And then, yeah, check out this crowded character, uh, category. Viola Davis for uh, The Woman King, 750 at points bet is the best. Kate Blanchett, you can get her at six, you can get her at seven, you can get her at eight is the best at tab. Naomi Aki for the Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody biopic. Biopics are plenty. Ten sports bet. Carrie Mulligan, she said, 11. Danielle Deadweiler for Till. Uh, another well, sort of biopic, uh, 11, that's paying. Uh, Florence Pugh for, uh, what is it, Don't Worry Darling, 11. Jennifer Lawrence is back. Jennifer Lawrence is in a film called Causeway about a, a U.S. Army officer who has a, a brain injury and has trouble, you know, coming back into real life. She's paying 21 at Sportsbet. 21 for Lawrence's return. She hasn't been around for a while. She's had- What has she been doing? What has she been doing? She's popped out a child, I think. Oh. Uh, God bless her. And strangely, Olivia Coleman is paying 26 at Sportsbet and Pointsbet. She just keeps coming up. She keeps getting nominations. That's yeah. How can you be? She be 26. You know she's going to deliver. Undervalued. My God, she's been delivering the past five years. This is. 26 is a crazy price, I think, crazy. Okay, so so Anna de Armas, what, what do you guys think of, of, of her chances? I mean, the film, the, the last trailer was was excellent. It uh, was very, very arty, um, and, and, and she looked amazing. Uh, how's this going to run? How's this, how's this campaign going to run? I, I love the look of the trailer, and it's got so many Oscar bait um, moments. So there's a tick for that. The concern or the counterbalance to that is, is the film going to get best pick nominated? That, that will help its chances enormously. And I'm probably going to say no. So I'm just on the fence and I'm just not sure. Yeah, there are so many, uh, like Gold Derby pundits, for example, not even predicting her for a nomination, which I, I think that. absolute yeah. craziness. I think that's yeah, that's crazy. I'm with you, Professor. I think this is the role that's got it all. It's Hollywood royalty. It's glamour. There's big emotional moments. It's, by all accounts, uh, very graphic in some uh, places, mm. which equals brave. That's a brave performance. It's coming from a respected filmmaker. It ticks many, many boxes for mine. But it's going to be weirder than Spencer. Uh, if you've seen the script, the script's available online for the film and the book has been out for a while, the, the film's based on, it gets really weird. And yeah, it okay. was a tough enough pill to swallow for most people. And this is going to be weirder than that. But you're committed, aren't you, Tony, to Anna? Well, when we get to our actions, family values, <laughs> I'll be letting you know, yes, I am already committed. Mm. So let's get to that right now. Our actions, family values, our best bets. Professor? I know you've got a, a thesis ready. Let us Stack. have it. So let's let's start with um, what's coming, you know, in a few weeks' time. So that's Emmys. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep your eyes on, uh, as you suggested there, Tony, the other bookies. They should hopefully be posting more markets. So I'll just open by providing a watch list and then I'll jump into sort of high and medium conviction bets. So a watch list is around um, some of the ones that I really like and uh, if the price is right, we'll, we'll take the plunge. So uh, some of the, the categories, that uh, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, which all reports everyone's just saying is a shoe-in, expect it to open pretty short, but uh, again, just a price watch. Amanda Seyfried in The Dropout, uh, comedy supporting actor with uh, Henry Winkler, and then um, a drama supporting actor. Uh, just look out for the markets for Kieran Culkin on that. So they're the ones that I would like. Um, then the markets that are available and um, uh, Unibet, as you suggested, there have some quite interesting and different prices from from uh, Sportsbet. Uh, so a medium level conviction on uh, Bill Hader. Uh, I think what he does uh, this season is is pretty remarkable. Uh, he's got his competition there with Jason Sudeikis, but $1.85, I think it's um, worth a throw at the stumps. And then the high conviction bet and uh, a pretty sizable commitment so far for me is uh, for best drama well, with Succession. 
So it opened uh, north of three dollars, uh, and it got uh, smashed in. But I think even at a dollar seventy-five now, uh, that's tremendous value. Uh, so I can jump into the Oscars if you want me to keep going, Tony. Um, so I think the one to watch at this stage of the race is just focusing on the sort of the blue chip directors, and let that be your, your compass. So uh, beginning with. Uh, Damien Chazelle, so two of his last three picks have been nominated for Best Pictures. Um, La La Land, which he won, and then lost famously on that night, as well as Whiplash. Uh, so Babylon at $15 uh, for Unibet. I think it's uh, a great price, considering that the opposition and Sportsbet have got the same at $7. Uh, then we jump across to Alejandro. So he won Best Director for 2015 for Birdman. 2016, he did it again with The Revenant. And uh, at $25 on Unibet, uh, that's an absolute steal. Um, Netflix, by all indicators, have chosen this to be their main push for the award season. Uh, so that's very encouraging. And then uh, we'll close out the, the, the Oscar bets, um, at least for best picture, with The Fair Woman. So this is a, a high conviction bet. I think it's the best bet um, of the season uh, at $11. Um, there's lots that's going to go in. Uh, Spielberg's favour. He hasn't won in a long time. There's still carryover goodwill, I think, from West Side Story. Um, and it's a price that won't last. So uh, get amongst it, uh, get a loan, get as much as you can on $11. <laughs> it's a great price. So then uh, into Best Actor category. Uh, and again, following the, the line of uh, Mr. Marty Scorsese. So the Irishman nominations, uh, Oscar in Oscars was for uh, Al Pacino and Pesci. Wolf of Wall Street nominations included Jonah Hill and DiCaprio. The Departed, uh, Mark Wahlberg got a nomination for that. And The Aviator, Kate Blanchett won that year, as well as Leo getting another nomination. And Alan Alda got a nomination. So uh, I quite like the look of Leonardo DiCaprio at $31. Uh, he almost got a nomination for a pretty average film last year in Don't Look Up. Um, and I think $31 is a great price. He might be in the mix. Mm. And then uh, to close out on the best actress category, so uh, what a, uh, again, another fascinating tight tussle between the ladies. Uh, Sam Mendes, uh, a director who is pretty consistently producing good work. Olivia Coleman, uh, three of the last four Oscars she's been nominated. I like that track record. And at $26 at points bet, Get amongst that. That's a medium level conviction, and then I think Kate Blanchett cannot be ignored. So um, we don't know what Tar's going to be like. The teaser is pretty mysterious, um, but but for eight dollars, paying a tab, um, let's ask the question. That's all, all for me. Thanks, Tony. Oh, love it, Professor. Love it, Max. What do you got for us? Oh, incredibly astute, Professor. Uh, I think I agree with nearly everything that uh, that you've mentioned there, except for one thing about Babylon. From what I can gather from Babylon, and it's still, it's still really under wraps that it's it's going to be a very very dark film, uh, and I just I I just cannot see it uh, getting up for best picture. And uh, again, I'm not I'm not too sure of the acting categories. I from yeah, my feeling about Babylon is that it you know it'll get some nominations, but it'll just it'll just be too extreme, too dark for uh, for it to win anything. Um, so I've got three uh, and, and some that we've mentioned. Uh, I think with the Emmys limited series, I like the dropout and I liked it at 11 and I really like it at 21, which <laughs> I didn't know was available at 21. So I think that's a, a, a low conviction um, possibility. Uh, Anna de Armas, I think she's got an excellent chance. And so I'd load up on her as high conviction on that. And as with uh, Professor Fablemans, it has, yeah, uh, my highest conviction, and yeah, it's bet the farm on the Fablemans. Um, what what do you guys think that when director um, the director market for the Oscars is released, where will Spielberg be, be priced? Well, you've got Fablemans for picture. It's it's five dollars pretty much everywhere. Um, I, I would th I would think it's going to open under five. He would two fifty. Two fifty, yeah, two or three dollars, yeah. Oh, mm. Hopefully, it's going to be a bit longer than that. I would say if it's yeah. like three fifty four, 
Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, pounce on that. Yeah. I still think 250 is great. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's what it's going to open at, though, as, as short as that? I think so. Oh, I think so. Well, who, who, who else would be in the mix? It'd be Alejandro. Who else will be nominated? Yeah, it'll be Inuritu. I mean, it could be Chazelle. It could be Scorsese. I think it's in there. I think if... Aronofsky, Birnbach, Zella. Yeah, all those guys. Mm. I think um, if, yeah, if there's confirmation that uh, Flower Moon is definitely getting released this year, it'll be Spielberg versus Scorsese, I think. Oh, uh, good. Uh, and mm. that's going to be uh, quite an interesting race. Um, yeah. Like Killers of the Flower Moon is, is going to have to be very, very special because it just, everything just is pointing towards Spielberg to win for the Fablemans. Uh, this is his personal story, that, that whole thing that he's never, he's never made a film that's that's this directly autobiographical obviously you know it's like et and all the rest of it have elements of his his family within it uh but uh no i think that yeah this this is his time now he's like mid 70s at the moment yeah it, it just all lines up for this and at 250 if it opens at 250 i'm yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm going heavy yeah all right um i'm not crazy about the emmys this year just purely because yeah, there's not enough uh, markets available um i've only got like seven bets on i think and i think three of them are hacks ted lasso and barry <laughs> in a in a threesome so nothing's really grabbing me but yeah early oscar action yeah i concur with uh, both of you for best picture fablemans um i like spielberg yeah more for director than this for picture but at eleven dollars at tab touch unibet when it's five everywhere else that's just incredibly tasty you've got to You've got to gobble that up. That's fantastic. Actor, Fraser. Uh, I got on Fraser as soon as the market opened, but the best price was only seven, and uh, unfortunately. But the best you can get it now is 450 at Tab. And, yes, I've gone quite heavy on Fraser already. I think that's uh, that's going to be the one. And actress, yeah, Ana de Armas. Um, it's going to be a weird film, but 650 at Tab, I'm I'm already on her. Uh, not as hard as Fraser, but but reasonable. <laughs> Why do you think that the um, the Gold Derby um, uh, pundits are not rating her? I think the NC seventeen rating is throwing everybody off. Mm. I think that's that's the big one. I would say, mm. but I mean, who even notices what things are rated anymore? It's just you watch it on your TV and that's it. Especially if it's Netflix. That's right. Just push the button. Mm. Oh, I like your argument though, Professor. Is it going to get nominated for picture? I would agree that it's not. Mm. But Tammy Faye didn't, so look what happened. Yeah, that's true. What yeah. is going to get nominated for picture? Maybe Everything Everywhere for Yo will mm-hmm. help. Um, Babylon. Babylon, maybe. Uh, Viola Davis, I don't see that getting... I don't see it. Looks bad. That one King Yeah, Tar. I can't see Tar getting nominated. I don't. No, I think that's going to be even weirder than Blonde. I would think. Carrie Mulligan, maybe she said I could see that uh, getting a nomination for picture. Coleman, Empire of Lights. Yeah, that'll that could come close to a picture nomination. Uh, oh, and twenty six for Coleman. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, I'm going to put something on that right now. That's uh, that's crazy. And that's it. Oh, we're back. We're back with a big one. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Professor. Thank you so much. See you next time. Oh, thank you, Max. Many thanks, Tony. Many thanks. Many thanks. We're on the Twitter and the Facebook at LCWT Action on YouTube, of course. We'll be back in a few weeks, uh, I would think, prior to the Emmys, hopefully with some more markets available. That'll make things very, very good. Uh, And once again, remember, it's a thrill to be nominated, but it's even better to be compensated. Thank you.